All right, it's the Jeff Fitoff Show. I'm Pito Jeff Fitoff. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Lots to get into. We're presented by BetUS.com. Bet with a three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now for a 125% bonus using promo code DSP125 or a 200% bonus using crypto with promo code DSP200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid at BetUS.com. All right, let's start talking about the NFL. What went down yesterday at a Bengals and Rams joint practice. Um, And what always happens, it seems like, at these joint practices is some kind of brawl breaks out. And yesterday it was an ugly one with the Rams and Bengals. And there's video of Aaron Donald swinging his helmet at uh, players trying to hit. There's a big scrum. uh, And you see Aaron Donald, if you zoom in, and ESPN did a lot of work as far as really honing in on where Aaron Donald was. But using his helmet um, to try to injure or hit other players. Now, you remember what happened with Miles Garrett for the Browns when that happened in a, in a, a game, a uh, regular season game with the Steelers, and Mason Rudolph and Garrett got suspended, caught all kinds of hell, rightfully so. Used his helmet as a weapon and uh, tried to injure Mason Rudolph that way. Aaron Donald likely will not face any type of punishment whatsoever unless it is instituted by the team. Now, the reason for this, the NFL, and this seems like a – it's a. I understand why it's set up like this, but they need to change the rule. The NFL does not police the joint practices. They have no say in what happens in the joint practices. So it's up to the individual team. So it's up to Aaron Donald's team. It's up to the team of Aaron Donald to discipline the best defensive player in the NFL right now. And we both know, we all know, I shouldn't say we all, there's more than two of us here, right? We all know there is no way they're going to suspend him for any kind of meaningful time. Uh, they might fine him, wink, wink, fine him, but there's no way you're going to levy any kind of game suspension. What Donald did was just as bad, if not worse, than what Miles Garrett did when he was at the Browns, and Garrett got a lengthy suspension and a fine out of that. So my my problem is, like, I just kill the joint practices if you're going to have this kind of stuff going on. I don't – it seems to happen more often than not. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe just because it's reported – when something big happens or if there's a fight, but it seems like there's fights all the time in these joint practices. Um, it, it's a reason to get rid of the joint practice, get rid of the preseason games, get rid of all that stuff. Look, get your team ready going against each other. You know what I mean? You don't need to have all these other things. Um, maybe you want to see, but tell your guys to go all out then if you want to do that. Have your guys go against each other in a game situation. But the joint practice thing seems to not work. And Unless you're going to do it and you have a very serious talk with your team beforehand and say, look, or if the NFL can say, look, if there's any fights, there will be fines and suspensions. That's the only way you can do it. In a preseason game, if this happened, Aaron Donald would get fined. He would get fined and suspended. If he had done this in a preseason game, the joint practice is almost like a preseason game. The teams are scheduled to play tonight, by the way, uh, Friday night, and we'll see if anything uh, blows up from that. Speaking of preseason stuff and crap that's bad with preseason. The Oklahoma City Thunder in the NBA, they've lost their number two overall draft pick, Chet Holmgren, the unicorn from Gonzaga, for the entire season after he suffered a list rank injury in his foot. Um, it uh, happened during a Pro-Am event. He, Jamal Crawford's, uh, it was called the Crossover Pro-Am in Seattle. Uh, he went up, uh, Holmgren went up to try to defend LeBron James on like a fast break type thing, landed awkwardly, and that's it. Now, it's... It was NBA approved. These, this poor man is somebody. It's not like he was one off the grid and went somewhere else and played in some pickup game and this happened. This is something the NBA actually is okay with people doing. My problem with it is 
if I'm Oklahoma City, I'm like, no, no one's playing in these kind of games. And I know it's easy to say now if someone gets hurt to say you shouldn't do it, but I'm, I don't like the summer league that much. I don't like playing guys in summer league. It's, it, there's just too much bad can come. It's more bad than good that come of these things. And you can get plenty of experience in practice in scrimmages with your own team versus going out there on a stage in front of, like in Holmgren's case, he's out there playing with other big-time NBA stars. He's going to try to get noticed and make a name for himself. And when you do that, you've got a better chance of getting hurt. Versus in practice, you can work on things. Look, you got plenty of tape on Chet Holmgren from his freshman year at Gonzaga. You know what he is. My problem is now you've got this seven foot uh, two guy who we were worried about initially because he's so rail thin. Is he going to be injury prone? Can he stand up to the rigors of an NBA season? And now his first season is gone. This list frank injury is a serious thing. I don't know if he'll bounce back and be near the player he could have been. We're not sure on that one. But uh, you get a tall guy like that a tall, wiry guy like that with a foot injury, it, it all of a sudden, like I remind, I'm reminded of Sam Bowie going way back to Kentucky. He had multiple issues, though, in, in college, NBA, and then didn't uh, never was able to stay healthy. Same thing with Greg Oden. Although I don't think that we can put Holmgren in that class. Right now, it looks bad for Holmgren's future going forward, I think, with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I don't, look, I don't think they should have him playing, let him play in that kind of event. Another injury in preseason, Cowboys uh, left tackle Tyron Smith, he had an avulsion fracture of the knee. That means the hamstring got pulled off the bone. Uh, the one sits on the back of the knee. Needs surgery. If he comes back, it will be in December if he can come back at all. We'll see on that. It is a big loss for the Cowboys, um, but this was one that probably couldn't have been avoided. It's not like a, a thing where there was any kind of um, uh, you know, poor behavior, poor choices made by the Cowboys or Smith. But So he has the injury. It's a big loss because he's a very good offensive tackle. But on the other hand, he hasn't been available that much the last couple of years anyway. So the Cowboys have learned to live without him. So it does affect the team. Yes, losing a top, one of the top left tackles in the business is going to affect the team. Uh, so the Cowboys will struggle because of that. Another offensive lineman, uh, J.C. Treader, formerly the Browns, uh, the center. who uh, started off with the Packers. He has retired now. Um, I think it's uh, he, he was a starter for five years for Cleveland. They cut him this offseason. He's the president of the NFL Players Association. And uh, he has decided to hang it up after, I think it's about a nine-year career he had. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, more news on them. The 49ers have said that there's that not, all options are on the table regarding Jimmy G. As far as keeping him, trading him, cutting him, whatever, all options on the table. That's not true. I, I don't think there's any way they can keep Jimmy G on this team. And they're not going to be able to trade him. No one's going, because right now Jimmy G's salary is not guaranteed. The 49ers can cut him and pay him nothing. And they need a free agent, and somebody else will sign him for a much more reasonable deal than $24 million for one year. Almost 25, I think, with uh, the way it all plays out. So they're going to hold on to him. And then right before the season starts, they'll cut him. That's what will happen. When that, that's when they will cut him, and somebody else might pick him up at that point. But they can't keep him. Look, if Trey Lance struggles, this is where the 49ers – Teams that, bought, that, that draft quarterbacks early, and especially ones that trade significant draft capital to move up to get a player, like a, to get a quarterback, you've invested in that guy so much, you can't have any possible doubt in the minds of your fans or your teammates, the teammates and organization, that this is going to be the guy. So Trey Lance, look, he's getting a lot of hype. He might be great. He's only, uh, you know, he, he's 
hardly played at all in the last couple of years when you consider the fact he had one year of his last year of college and then sitting behind Jimmy G now. So it's not like he's got a ton of experience um, in his last few years. But if he struggled and Jimmy G's on the bench, Jimmy G is a guy who's led them to a Super Bowl and also then an additional NFC championship game. If Trey Lance struggles in the first four or five games and Garoppolo's on that team, fans are going to say, hey, uh, or, or, or guy, the, the other players are going to say, you know what? Uh, how about giving Jimmy G a shot? We're, we're still a really good team, and we, we've made it far with Jimmy G before. The 49ers have to get rid of all of that. They cannot have that be part of the equation at all. Cannot be an option for the 49ers. That's why Jimmy G will go. And it's probably unfair to Jimmy G. He's not a great quarterback. He certainly had success with the 49ers, and part of it's because of Kyle Shanahan. Part of it's because of the defense, certainly. But he has had success. And so the 49ers have to get rid of that, and they've got to give the keys to Trey Lance for at least the next two years and see what they have. Like I said, I'm not sold on Trey Lance, but I'm sold on the idea the 49ers have to act like they're sold on Trey Lance um, when it comes to being the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers. For the first time since 2004, no Big Ben to start the season here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I've watched them. Uh, their offensive line is still a work in progress. They do have more talent on the offensive line. There is more upside on the offensive line. And this year, the offensive line will look better because they're going to have a more mobile quarterback in the, uh, for Pittsburgh. So the Steelers, the last couple of years under Roethlisberger, especially last year, the offensive line was below average, and it looked worse than that because Roethlisberger couldn't move. And so you didn't have the same you know, threat for Roethlisberger maybe to be able to da dance around in the pocket a little bit. That wasn't happening. If Roethlisberger was getting rushed, he was throwing the ball way too early and usually inaccurately. So now, Mitchell Trubisky, is he a better quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger for career? Like, you know, no, of course not. But Trubisky or Kenny Pickett are better options for this offense than Roethlisberger was last year. So they've got their final preseason game coming up Sunday, the Steelers do against the Lions, and they have not named a starter yet. All three players, Trubisky, Pickett, and Mason Rudolph, are all going to get a chance to start. Rudolph won't be the starter. I can almost guarantee you that. Rudolph will end up getting traded or cut one or the other. There's no reason to keep Mason Rudolph around. You know what Mason Rudolph is. You've seen plenty of tape with him, uh, plenty of live action with him. And although he's played well in the preseason, he's 26 of 36, uh, 220 yards and two touchdowns. Trubisky is probably the present. And then, you know, obviously Pickett is the future. Trubisky, by the way, uh, he's also having a decent uh, – preseason, and he is obviously the front runner to start for them. I, look, I think that um, he will end up being the starter. Um, and then uh, Pickett, by the way, in preseason, 19 for 22 for 171 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, he went six for seven for 76 yards against Jacksonville. Uh, he, I, I think Pickett will be the starter sooner rather than later. I do believe they'll start with Trubisky to begin the season. They've invested in him. No reason to throw Pickett into the fire just yet. He's not that much better of an option than Trubisky. Uh, so I would say take your time on that one. I've been watching uh, Hard Knocks with the Lions, and I find myself rooting for Dan Campbell and the Lions this year. Um, they, uh, I, I think they've got – when Dan Campbell first came on with some of his phrasing and his intensity, it looked weird, no doubt about it. It felt kind of awkward. But this team played hard last year, and I like the direction they're headed. Um, I think the Lions are going to surprise some teams this year. I could see them – I'm not saying they're going to be a playoff team, not saying that at all. But I do think they'll be better – uh, than most people expect. One last note uh, before we get out of here. Uh, Len Dawson, who uh, led the, quarter, the Kansas City Chiefs as a quarterback for two of the first four Super Bowls, including winning one, has died at the age of 87. Uh, he was in hospice 
for about 12 days before he passed away. He was born in um, Alliance, Ohio, and then uh, played for Purdue in the Big Ten. Uh, had a brief stint with Pittsburgh and Cleveland and went to the Dallas Texans, which then became the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's where he had a success. Uh, he is um, obviously he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. And uh, Len Dawson also did a lot of work for NBC and HBO. Me personally, growing up, I I was uh, I grew up beyond or past Len Dawson's playing days. But I remember on inside the HBO, inside the NFL on HBO with uh, Len Dawson, Nick Budicani, and what a like that was an important show if you're an NFL fan before like the ESPN came along and it really took over in the NFL with primetime and things like that. Like that was your option. That was your chance to see all these highlights and get breakdown of the NFL game. So that's where my connection to Len Dawson is, is watching him there. Begin age of 87, a great quarterback. Don't look at his numbers. Uh, his statistics aren't great when you compare him to guys like today. But in his era, he was a tremendous quarterback. But uh, Len Dawson, though, passed away age of 87. All right, that's it for today's Jeff Fidoff Show. Thank you for tuning in. Again, go to DSP Media. DSP Media has got all our different podcasts. Go check all of them out. There's lots of great content on there. We are presented by BetUS.com. Remember, DSP 125 gets you a 125% bonus. 200% bonus using DSP 200 with crypto using promo code DSP 200. Sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more. We will talk to you soon.